Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. I am Bad Gamer Crowley. And hello, I am Bad Gamer Bishop. Gamer Galore Garrick. I love the alliteration. Bad Gamer Joe. And I'm Bad Gamer Jason. Get good, scrubs. Welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous, a weekly gaming podcast made by gamers and for gamers. Retro games, reviews, news, and generally bad opinions brought to you by your hosts, Kat and Austin. Yes, this is Bad Gamers Anonymous, and joining me this week are your Bad Gamers, Cat and Austin. I'm Bad Gamer Jason, and I'm excited to introduce a new Bad Gamer to the show, Bad Gamer Caden. Bad Gamer Caden, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, what What do you like to play? Why? How long have you been playing games, and uh, why did you want to get onto a gaming podcast? I mean, besides losing the bet. Well, yeah, there was that bet that we shall never speak of again. Um, I've been gaming since I can remember. Started probably about five or six years old. Um, I primarily play uh, RPGs and first-person shooters uh, with more of a preference to you know action-adventure RPGs. Uh, and, I mean, part of the reason I want to do a gaming podcast like this is to just share my passion for gaming and hopefully get those who are either you know considering but haven't really decided to commit or haven't really thought of take up gaming to hopefully take up gaming sounds good what are you playing currently i've been playing borderlands 3 um for honor which is a game i kind of play with my friends on occasion it is an awful awful game it's a fantastic why do you play game. awful games i guess it's just because i'm a bad gamer <laughs> you are that and speaking of bad gamers how are bad gamer cat in austin this week cat uh, as good as I can be, having played the game that we played all week. <laughs> I take it you didn't like the game? What? We gave it away. <laughs> but you're Canadian. You're supposed to like everything. Uh, nope. Nope, we don't. <laughs> what about you, Austin? How's your week been? Oh, it's been amazing. Weather goes from sunny to snowy to rainy to back to sunny and then freezing again. It's just amazing here in the Idaho. Sounds like your weather's a, a little schizophrenic. Bipolar. <laughs> they call it the bipolar state here. If you don't like the weather, wait <laughs> five minutes. At least Canada's consistently cold. Right. Oh, God. Even our spring is just a jerk. It's like, oh, look, two weeks, beautiful flowers, and then freezing snow again. Well, you know what comes with freezing snow? It's typically the flu, but uh, there's a there's another kind of virulent outbreak out there in China land uh, called COVID-19. And it seems that COVID-19 is starting to affect conferences uh, that are coming up. So Sony has announced that they will be pulling out of PAX East and GDC this year for fears of COVID-19 outbreak. It's ridiculous. In my opinion, bit of a trip. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it seems overreactive. So Sony's 100%. Sony's entertainment arm is based out of California. Now I understand that a lot of the uh, PlayStation hardware or some of the PlayStation hardware is is built in China, 
And they did have a large uh, display for playing some upcoming games planned. But, I mean, come on, really? You're going you're gonna to pull out of a conference for fears of uh, an outbreak that's hit about 75,000 people so far? And, you know, 74 out of 75 are in China. Right. And another, like, 500 are on that cruise ship. Well, I'm... So it's not like it's, it's, it's a huge thing here. 600. Sorry, 600. <laughs> There's about 400 people that are spread out over 25 countries that aren't concentrated in China or a cruise ship. You get well, a sickness. You get a sickness. Yes, you get a sickness. <laughs> right there in France. Right there in the gentleman in the back. Well, and on top of that, I mean, the event director for PAX has stated that they're going to be... Uh, instituting enhanced cleaning and sanitation just to make sure that in the event that you know people who are infected do arrive that they it will be taken care of and managed yeah honestly well i think they'll <laughs> go ahead austin <laughs> honestly we have technology it's one thing not to go physically there but i do find it kind of ridiculous where it's like dude you can face chat there's multiple different services that allow you to have multi-layered conference chats. And I just, you know, it's kind of ridiculous how, yes, while increasing sanitation is great, it's not, like, feasible, like, <laughs> to not, like, take advantage of, of, you know, what the conference can offer for everybody. Well, alternate solution, send the guy that you were going to fire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bill. Well, Sony we just has said, send you. yeah, Sony has said that they will keep some of the, the meetings and, and um, presentations uh, for that they were that, that they were planning to do for GDC on the schedule. They're just going to do it remotely instead of in person. So they, they still have some of those planned, but they will not be displaying at GDC or PAX East this year. And neither will Oculus, actually. Oculus is pulled out of GDC um, as well. So it's not just Sony Entertainment. Uh, it's also Facebook. But they started it. <laughs> yeah, they started it. They it's like, started oh my, it. hey, guys, did you hear what those guys did? Not, Boy, we got to jump on the disease. boat. <laughs> Listen, Sony not hit first. It's not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> They created the coronavirus. Oh. <laughs> now we're getting yeah, and, and coronavirus is hitting in other ways, too. So uh, we talked about Half-Life Alex last week, and it's going to launch on March 23rd. Uh, one of the things that it was going to launch with was Valve's VR headset called Index. Valve is having trouble filling the orders, the pre-orders that it has for Index because... It, of course, is made in China, and with uh, China having this epidemic going on, uh, you know, production has fallen, and so it's looking like they're not going to be able to fill all the orders by the time Half-Life Alex comes out on, on the 23rd. Just another blow to Half-Life. <laughs> Just ruining everyone's fun. Yeah, I don't know that that's a blow to Half-Life. It may be a blow to Index, because I guarantee you there are plenty of people still out there with VR that would love to play Half-Life Alex. But I think uh, people that are uh, looking to jump into the VR pool with Half-Life Alex and looking to see which VR set they want to get, either the HTC Vive, the Oculus Rift, or, or Index, they're probably not going to be getting the Index if they can't get it in time to play Alex. Well, honestly, you know, it's one thing to, you know, to, hey, we would rather you play 
on our headset. But they should really just be like, hey, guess what, guys? You're still not, you know, it shouldn't be too much of a problem because you can still play on the other stuff. But no, they're kind of like, well, it, it's going to delay the game, actually. It's going to, yeah, sorry, guys. You know, in the oh, basement. I don't think they're going to delay the game over that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so skeptical. I, I really so. don't. I mean, they've, they've already stated March 23rd. That's only a month away if they delayed the game i think there's going to be pitchforks and torches outside of their offices yeah that's a good way to handle the situation pitchforks and and torches yeah i've got a couple in my closet just for such occasions oh you too hey i thought we were supposed to be professional here we only use it for farm animals okay you pick up the hay you put it in the bucket (laughs) and then you put it in the furnace that's what we're talking about so what are the torches used for um, cooking the good, you delicious meat. Oh, God. It's a weird state he lives in. <laughs> Barbecue. However, <laughs> one company that is able to screw things up all on their own is Google and their uh, Stadia uh, debacle <laughs> oh. that they've oh, launched. No. So who on here has, uh, who on here was a founder for Stadia? Not I. Raise your hand. Yeah, raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a I was a founder for Stadia. I signed up for it. Um, whatever they first offered the 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 pre sale, and I got it. I want to say last November. Opened the box like a couple days after I got it because it just wasn't. I didn't have that burning need to open it. I wasn't excited about it whenever I got it, but. I got it. <laughs> Opened the box, looked at it. I read through the material. I think I may have launched a game once through Stadia. It was kind of a was it everything you dreamed meh experience, and I don't think I've touched it since. In fact, I just canceled my subscription um, <laughs> because the the free three month founders uh, subscription ran out this month. So, question. Yeah. Did you have any trouble canceling your subscription? I did not have any trouble canceling my subscription. That's good, because if you did, there is that article teaching you how to do it. Yes, not only (laughs) did The Verge write an article on how to uh, cancel your subscription, but they've also stated that Stadia is going to add four SteamWorld games to its lineup. It's very, very anemic lineup. So So there are not very many. Go ahead, Caden. Sorry. Uh, I mean, one of my initial concerns when I heard about Stadia, and I believe uh, BGA has gone over this uh, in an earlier episode, was the issue, the potential issue with latency and the fact that it's really difficult to get that down to a point where it's not noticeable, especially in areas where they're very far away from you know direct access to a data center. Yeah, yeah, Stadia's or yeah, Stadia's always had a question about latency. Now the they showed off some really low latency gameplay whenever they were demoing their technology. And supposedly they said that they didn't have, you know, a server on site or nearby. It was going off of one of Google's off-site servers, probably in the same area. I think they mm-hmm. demoed that in California, so it was probably one of Google's West uh, Coast servers, but for people that are more remote and away from those servers and may not have that reliable of internet, latency is definitely an issue that you need to look out for. 
And honestly, that... Not well thought through. Yeah, it's not really great. You know, you're trying to, you know, give out a product that, I mean, it sounds amazing. You know, how would you like to switch from, like, your computer, your laptop, all the way to your mobile phone, to the TV, without missing a beat on your video game? But it'll only work if you have good enough internet. So I can already imagine... Like my cousin, he probably would call them in. It's like, it's, it's all your fault. You guys don't provide enough service for your latency. And they're like, talk to your internet company. It's well, not even, our problem. Even, right. No. <laughs> even with good enough internet, from what I had seen just uh, scouring YouTube and a couple of the uh, tech reviews I was watching, even with really good internet, you were still having latency issues. So for stuff like fighting games or uh, you know beat-oriented games where – you need to have that input fairly precise. It's kind of difficult. You kind of have to figure out just how to predict what the latency is like between you pressing a button and it appearing in your gameplay. Your that could also affect your like boss battles, though, too. Like if you think about first-person shooters or like uh, Diablo's, you know, three. It just you're like in the final battle, and all of a sudden it glitches. In that one moment, and then boom, insta hit. You're dead. You just lost that round. You have to start all over again. That would be so frustrating. Yeah. I mean, latency issues aside, though, just the number of titles that Stadia has on its platform at the po- at this point is hardly worth the subscription fee. So with with the subscription, you get access to Stadia Pro. And you get access to some free games as long as you're subscribed. Those free games for the three months that this has been out are Destiny 2 The Collection, Farming Simulator 19 Platinum Edition. Love that game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Guilt. Metro Exodus, which from what I understand, I haven't played it, but from Mm -hmm. what I understand is a pretty good game. And Thumper. So two of these games I've never really even heard of. No. One of these games is is probably a really good title. Destiny 2, if you haven't jumped into the Destiny pool by now and don't already own Destiny 2, I'm not sure what the onus is for you to get it now. Um, and then Farming Simulator? Really? Yeah. Don't knock it till you try it. It's so just much get Star- fun. Just get Stardew Valley on Steam. It's so much better. <laughs> I love Stardew Valley. Yeah, do Stardew it. Valley is fun. Now, for just their normal titles, the titles that you can buy, and not all these titles even have the discount that you get for Stadia Pro, you've got Attack on Titan 2, uh, The Final Battle, Darksiders Genesis Grid, uh, Guilt, which we already talked about, Rage 2 and Rage 2 Deluxe Edition, both at full price at this Ooh. point. And Rage 2 was a title that we talked about like late last summer. So I'm sure that you can find it on sale by now, but you can play you can pay it full price on Stadia just so that you can I guess play it anywhere. Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, both special and ultimate edition. Mm-hmm. I've heard that's a very good game. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2 is an excellent game. I with highly encourage everybody out to, to go out and play that. So with with the exception of the first couple of weeks at launch for at PC at least. Oh yeah, I hadn't hadn't heard about PC. I played it long before it launched on PC. Uh, you also get Shadow of the Tomb Raider uh, that you can buy. That has actually a pretty deep discount on it. Nice. Uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon at full price. 
Mm. Uh, eh. Both the gold and ultimate and regular edition, all at full price. Not worth. In fact, the only titles that you can get on a discount, according to this list, are Guilt, which you can get free with the Pro, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Everything else is full price. So I'm not sure what the what the draw to be a pro member is. The title? <laughs> <laughs> to, to brag to your friends, I'm a pro stadium member. Yeah, I guess if you're like a professional gamer, you know, you're just like, oh, you know, it's no big deal. I mean, I just upgrade to the pro, you know, just because uh, I just want to get up there with the big guys. Yeah, I'd but how many of your friends going to go, so what in the humble. hell stadia? Right. I guess that's true. Yeah, they're like, what the heck is that? What friends? I'd also like... <laughs> I also want to comment that for, for this Virgil article, whoever wrote this either has never used a subscription service before or assumes that no one else has used a subscription service before because I thought it was universally known that if you bought, if you purchased a game, from you know, while you were subscribed to a service, <laughs> yeah. you keep that game. <laughs> yeah. they, don't, they, they don't just take you know take your game. You're not a member anymore. Thanks for the ten well, bucks. Well, yeah, and not only that, but Google was pretty clear about you know what would happen if you canceled your subscription before the service even launched. I mean, they they had everything lined out. So if you if you subscribe to our service and buy a game, and then you unsubscribe from our service, you still get to keep the game. You still get to play the game. Now, it won't be as on a higher resolution. You can't play it on 4K, but you can still play it on 1080. Now, Which I that's think, assuming that your internet speed can handle 4K, of course. Right. I, I think most people who are going to be using Stadia probably wouldn't have access to a 4K monitor because those things are kind of pricey. Yeah, but I mean... Man, we're poor here in Canada. Well, the, the, the Stadia Founders Edition came with a, a free Chromecast that was 4K capable. Oh, well, that got so kind of... So if you have a 4K TV, <laughs> you could play it on your 4K TV. So okay. get a 4K TV, and then you're good to go, guys. Psh, that's <laughs> simple, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so SteamWorld <laughs> is going to be a, a welcome addition uh, to their lineup because, like I said, their lineup is pretty thin, and they're already three months into their... Well, four, no almost five months into uh, into their life cycle here. So they're, they're going to have to step it up. I, I wasn't excited for Stadia whenever it first got announced. I wasn't super excited whenever I signed up for it. I just signed up for it so that I could basically get a free Chromecast and a, and a wireless controller. I, I was excited when they announced it. Because if you know, my thought process was if they managed to get the latency to a point where it was manageable, and they had in you know a decent library, and like it didn't need to be anything you know compared to Steam, but if, as long as they had a decent library that they were continuously adding to, I thought it would make it easier for people who don't have you know four hundred dollars to spend on you know the newest and greatest console. Yeah, the business model is insane though when you really think about it. Like they're saying, "Hey, you know, we'll give you a couple free games on here, but the rest of the stuff you still kind of have to buy." So it's like, well, "Then why do we have you a subscription service? We could just buy it on the console." <laughs> well, it's they're supposed to be releasing more than 120 games this year. Well, supposedly. <laughs> they need to, uh, they need to get to releasing. Because Well, they got 4. 4. Yeah, so they're 
<laughs> Only 116, 116 to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nine but he's counting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to burn the whole game happen. set, guys. Just, you know, nine months in the work. All right, let's get into Borderlands 3, mm-hmm. the uh, game that we're going to be reviewing this week. Hooray! Uh, released in September thir- uh, 2019, was developed by Gearbox Software, uh, published by 2K Games. This is the continuation of the classic Borderlands that you know and love. It is a shooter-looter, and uh, <laughs> it is just as irreverent as the, the first two games. Oh, yeah, it is, baby. I I love it. So, who here has played the previous two games? Bingo. I have. No. <laughs> oh, <Kat. laughs> the, the satisfying well, no. Well, if memory serves, Cat, I I don't believe you're a fan of first-person shooters. Is that correct? Thanks for remembering. <laughs> yes, I am not. <laughs> Way to bring it up, Caden. That's such a professional level. <laughs> no, that was a stab at you, Austin, because last time, my podcast recording, I said I don't like first-person shooter games. So what kind of a game do you pick to review this time? <gasps> first-person shooter. I sure. a stinker. I'm pretty sure he did that just to spite you. <laughs> I know he did. Um, I've personally have always been a fan of the Borderlands series. It's in fact one of my favorite series to date. Uh and this I personally think is just a a, a new and improved edition lineup. It brings some you know new goodies to the table that we didn't see in the previous ones, but it still feels like the classic Borderlands game. It yeah. does tie all well together. And you know, with the old characters, new characters, and they blend the synopsis so it just makes everything beautiful. So I, I've played the previous Borderlands, and I really loved Borderlands 1. First, it was something new and different. Uh, when it came out, there really wasn't anything like it, especially the the art, art style. Oh, yeah. Um, with the beautiful. 3D cel-shaded art style, it was, it was new, it was fresh, it looked great. Uh, it played pretty well. Uh, the, the story was fun and irreverent. Um, there were a lot of you know, really funny moments in that game. And then the second one came out and it was like they doubled down on the whole looting system. So you were basically wading through tons and tons of loot. It They didn't really change or improve the gameplay any. Uh, the writing on that second one didn't seem as fun. I, I wasn't a super fan of the second one, so it was it was it was too loot driven. They just they wanted to shroud you in loot. Yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, I know one of the things that I liked compared to, you know, between the second and the first game was the fact that in the second, all of the you know NPCs have their own voices, which, you know, at, at least for people who want to just run around and go through the game and, you know, mess around as they're hearing the story, it makes it a little easier to kind of do all that. Yeah, yeah, the the, the voice acting in the in the second game, uh, instead of just reading text on the screen, was was good. Yeah. See, I'm the kind of person that always puts the subtitles on anyway. Well, me too. <laughs> right. Do it right. on Netflix too. I, yeah, I it makes it really nice when you're just like, what was that word? I, I couldn't quite, it's like, what's that word again? Uh, yeah, you have to know. Otherwise, you're just like, I have to rewind, but I can't. <laughs> but with Borderlands 3, uh, you're you're getting all of that again. So you're you're getting tons of loot drop, but it's not as prolific, it seems, as... Uh, as on the second one. So I'm still switching weapons. I'm still actually picking stuff up, although I'm not picking stuff up as much as I did in the first one. 
uh, it got, it was pretty quick before I stopped picking up common items. And now I'm to a point where I'm really ignoring most of the greens. Um, I haven't come across a legendary yet, which kind of irks me, but my first, my first drop was a legendary shield. Oh, shut up. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Actually, like not even halfway through the first like level. And you're just like, Oh, look at that legendary pickup right here in this dingy little locker. Shut up. both. Of you. I've gotten plenty of epics, but I haven't gotten a legendary yet. I'm kind of irked. Littlest violin. No. I will say, in, in terms of the gear, one of the big selling, point, selling points for when they were developing the game was the fact that they've really increased the variety in weapons. So, especially in terms of the legendaries, there's a multitude of different effects you can get for them and different types of you know particular weapons. So there are a multitude of shotguns, and then you include the multiple you know different types of abilities you can get on, you know, say, your legendary your legendary shotgun it i don't think that you'd ever run out of weapons to feasibly run out of weapons to find new weapons well at least. not only that but each manufacturer of course has their own quirks in their gun so i can't remember which yeah i can't remember which manufacturer but they have shotguns on all of their guns so if you have a sniper rifle it's got a shotgun on it <laughs> oh yeah they mix it up man like they have like a pistol with like little bottle grenades that are on the bottom of it. You can, and that's the beautiful part of weapons yes. too, is that you have a dual switch system when yep. it comes to these weapons, especially if you have the Malawan uh, manufacturer, you can switch between like two different types of damages. So you can like roast this guy and then hit him with the other side, which is radiation or uh, yep. cold frost damage, acid. Like it just, it, it goes on. And so yeah, it makes so it the Malawan specializes in the um, in the elemental effects. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes it a lot more. Uh, it just makes it fun. You can switch it out. You can be like, okay, I'm going to bring down your armor a bit with some like acid and radiation. There we go. And then I'm going to switch and roast you to death. Thank you and goodbye. The weapons is one part of the game that I really did appreciate is because they built it. They built it up like from the ground up. There's so much TLC into the weapon design and everything. I appreciated that aspect of it. And the other brilliant part is, is that, you know, you also have four different weapon switch outs. So it's not like, oh, you know, I'm going to have a primary and a secondary. I'm also going to add a tertiary and a quichiary. You know, it's, it's just you have four different weapons to switch out. So you could have a pistol that brings down the armor or shielding, which I love electric pistols. Love it. The impact and sticky ones are the most amazing. And yeah. then you just blow them the crap up with like an Atlas rifle, which shoots up like a blasting tracker device that sticks to the to the guy. And then you can shoot from around the corner and you're like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the weapon abilities are really fun. And I do like that the you can um, you can have multiple weapons at the ready. So you can have up to four weapons at the ready and you can switch to them really, really quickly. In fact, that really helped me out a lot whenever I was going through, um, uh, not Pandora, but um, Promethea. Pandemonia. Or Promethea. <laughs> Promethea. Pandemonia. Yeah. We're going to go through pneumonia, guys. Hold on. It's a Shut wild up. ride. Uh, Promethea. So whenever I was going through Promethea, because they, they start to vary some of the um, some of the bad guys during that. So some of them have armor. Some of them have shields. Um, so 
there are uh, different things. Uh, electricity takes down shields really quick. Corrosive takes down armor really quick. Yep. Fire um, and burns then you, flesh. And then fire just takes them down the rest of the way. So I was switching. I had guns set to, I had one gun set to electricity. I had one gun set to corrosive. And then I had one gun set to fire. So I would switch through to eliminate those enemies. In fact, one of the bosses I took down really quick doing that. So uh, by the time he finished his first animation, I had his, his shields down. And then I just took out all of the, uh, all the ancillary characters around him and then took him down pretty quick. Well, and see, I want to bring up something that also makes it brilliant for the gameplay. It's called um, FTTYL, which is basically you're dying. I can't remember the whole anagram of it, but basically you get like one last shot. You get to fight for your life. That's what it was, fight for, fight your, for your life. Fight for your life, yeah. Yeah, and basically what you do is that you, you run out of health. You're basically, you've got like 10 to 15 seconds. You're about to die. And it's either you have an NPC or a co-op player come and help you and revive you, or you shoot to get a second chance. So if you can shoot one of the lower leveled uh, enemies, just like a like a zealot or nothing special. It could even be one of those stupid robots that they send out there. As long as you kill it, before you run out of fight for your life, the meter, then you get you boom, you get your health back up. Your shields can even be fully replenished if you kill a boss. So it's it can be very advantageous if the boss is nearly dead and you're dying. But if you get like a couple of critical hits, a couple, then bam, it's like, oh, instant upgrade, sucker. Well, yeah, what fact- sucks is when you're hunting one of those legendary creatures. And you don't have anything to shoot to fight for your life. Yeah. Well, and, and fun fact, so the character that I've been playing is Zane. And he has a, an action skill which gives him a clone that he could swap out with. And eventually you can get, um, it's either skill or augmentation, I can't remember. But you get one that if you're in your second chance, you can just swap with your clone if it's currently you know out and shooting. And you'll instantly be revived and it'll, you know, it'll kill him, which can then trigger you know, some of the the clone's other abilities, like uh, it, self- it self-destructs and sends some splash damage out to nearby enemies. Yeah, and you know, like Beastmaster class has that as well. If you upgrade, uh, I believe it's the monkey creature. I can never remember what they those stinky little monkeys are called. But like basically, Jabberwocky or something. Jabberwocky. Jabbers, I, I, yeah. Jabbers, that's what it was. Because he says Jabberwocky, and I'm thinking Alice in Wonderland? Yeah. He's close enough. <laughs> I'm through like, the looking glasses with the Jabberwocky. Uh, it was through the looking glass. But point mm. is, <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, the Beastmaster has the same capability where, you know, you're dying, and if you've leveled and put enough skill tree points into a specific area, like the green tr- uh, tree point, then you can actually have them come over while you're dying and revive you, and this, it gives you an extended life period uh, for that type of, like, you know, area, and it just makes it wonderful. Now, speaking of getting revived and whatnot, um, who here has friends that they can play this game with? Me. What are you trying to say? I have you guys. <laughs> so, in, in terms of multiplayer, for those who've played it, you know, played the previous Borderlands games, uh, you'll know that it's your level, your... The, the world's the enemy's level scale to whoever the host of the game is. So if you're a level one joining a level 20, then you're going to be dealing with level 20 enemies and you're going to be dying a lot. Um, 
and that the loot system was also finders keepers. Um, so a single legendary drops, it's you or your friend grabs it. And then, I mean, there's also a duplication glitch that you can do later in Sanctuary, but that's uh, that's for another show. Overall, it sounds like a great way to ruin a friendship. Yes. <laughs> so that is current. That is in this game, their what's considered their coopetition mode. Um, they had they include a new mode called cooperation, which includes level scaling. So if a level one player joins a level twenty player's game, they're going to be scaled up to the host level. So they'll they won't take as much damage. They'll deal more damage. Uh, and I believe the same thing goes for if a level twenty joins a level one, where they are then scaled to the level one player. Um, they also yeah. So do- the division two did something similar to this, where if you were playing uh, with a friend that was a much higher level than you were, uh, it would scale all the enemies. They had some problems with it at first, but uh, when we were playing it, it was it was actually pretty fun because we had a we had a guy who was really good at the game and and played it quite a bit more than we did. So he was level twenty, and we were all like level seven or eight. Uh, so he was basically pushing us around the map and and taking out everything while we were all power leveling. But so this game does. Pretty much the same thing. Um, loot drops are, are level appropriate uh, still uh, for yep. for everybody. Uh, so if you're a level 20 escorting a level 1 around, you're still getting your level 20 loot. The level 1's getting their level 1 loot. They also, speaking of the loot, they also have, uh, in cooperation, instance-based loot. So basically when a, when a gun drops, it's not always the same weapon between instances, but... A, a single instance of the weapon will appear in both players' games, so it's no longer Finder's Keepers. Everyone gets the same amount of loot should they pick it up, although I believe it's slightly different uh, between instances. Hmm. Okay. Cat, you sounds- wanted to say something? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, what are your thoughts? <laughs> game sucks. Uh- <laughs> Okay, what about the music? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? At well, least let's let's get into graphics I... first. Ah, yeah. So <laughs> the game looks really good. Uh, it's still 3D cell shaded. Uh, the The environments are expansive. Uh, the color palette is actually really good, considering uh, the first what probably two three hours of the game that you're playing. Uh, you're still on Pandora, so it's it's a desert color palette, but yep. uh, they still add a lot of splash of color in there. Um, the, uh, the 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 graphics are good. Now I did have some some pop up issues uh, crop up where some textures would be low res. I would come up uh, on them; they would still be low res, but then they would pop into a higher res. So I think there's like three or four levels of resolution on the textures uh, that I saw pop up, but I'm playing on a Gen 1 Xbox One, uh, so it's it's a day one edition. That may be a hardware limitation on my part. Can't put the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I already had to pump $50 into this to get a dang power brick just so I could play this game. <laughs> Fifty dollars that could have gone towards a newer. It console. could or, have, you know. I'm the not buying economics. a newer console until the next gen. So, or fifty dollars that you That's could have fair. spent at the Epic Game Store to get it on PC. Shut yeah. up! I'm yeah. not giving, I'm not giving Epic Games anymore. Or fifty dollars you could have spent on literally anything else. <laughs> fifty dollars on Girl Scout cookies. Hallelujah! I also, I also really like the fact that you're now able to get off of Pandora. 
but you don't have a third yes. game yes. where you're stuck on mm. Pandora in the same sceneries over and over again. Yeah, space so jam. You, so you have a, like a a home base now. That's a spaceship. Yes, called sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. haven't gotten to explore a lot of uh, sanctuary yet because I just um, now got onto Promethea um, <laughs> and killed uh, what 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 is it called Gigamind. So I just got past Gigamind, so I haven't uh, I haven't messed with the ship too much, uh, but it's actually really cool. Uh, the ship is a lot larger than I thought it would be. Um, just environment wise, I mean, it, the thing is massive. So speaking of the ship, who here caught the uh, reference that was on the ship when you watch it taking off? There's a there's a sticker of Scooter saying "Catch a Ride," and that's a reference to there's a uh, Telltale game, Telltale series game called Tales from the Borderlands, um, in which uh, spoiler alert for those who haven't played it can can I can I spoil stuff? Uh, enough, we've given enough time. You said spoiler alert. I think that's I it's also so. like two or three he, years old. He's called it. Oh, the okay. game's two or three years old. There's no spoilers. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, cool. Um, so Scooter dies. Uh, he ends up sacrificing himself to <gasps> what? Get the uh, I wanted to find that out for myself. <laughs> Good job. You just ruined a woman's heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so, aren't yeah. all of the vehicle stations on Pandora called Catch a Ride? Yes, because that's the so that's the company that him and his sister run based on his slogan where he screams catch a ride and uh as he's as he's taking off to go i can't remember exactly what he did but basically he exploded and before he left he yelled at the top of his lungs catch a ride and then blew up see (laughs) now if you if you don't provide any context you say he exploded he could have been like in the bathroom and exploded oh god (laughs) Like, you have to have more context than that. When I think of stuff like I that. I think only you took it that way. Well, only you took it that way. I only take it so far as need be. And there's some details missing, girlfriend. Uh-huh. And, and speaking of explosions, I wonder why they named the ship Sanctuary or their, their little base Sanctuary for a third time. Because every time that happens, the place either seems to get destroyed or blown up. Or both. <laughs> Maybe it's foreshadowing. <laughs> All right, some music. Let's let's touch on the music. I thought the music was actually pretty good. Um, it was it was immersive and it fit the environment pretty well. Oh, I I've always loved their music because it's gonna it's a nice mix of kind of that Western techno, especially uh, from like the first game. Uh, running around, the music was always really nice, especially the battle music and the the games afterwards have always delivered i've never heard a bad soundtrack from a borderlands game coming in as a new borderlands player the intro the music to the intro the graphics to the intro they were all very enticing they did grab my attention they made me want to play it but then when i actually started playing it that's when i ruined it <laughs> but, but the graphics so and the music <laughs> i'm trying to be unbiased i'm saying good things we're just gonna have to have you move that into the other category. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that is, is fair. That, Austin? I mean, the, <laughs> the 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 initial opening cutscene and the opening graphics uh, they they really are catching, and that's been one of the they were amazing. That's been one of the hallmarks of the Borderland game since it started. Um, so it's it's really good that they've they've kept up that tradition now. 
if you are not a first-person shooter fan, this is probably not going to be your bag because this is very heavily not probably definitely not first-person shooter. But this is also coming from the person who is excited for the next Doom game. Hallelujah. Don't judge. <laughs> I'm not the only one. No, I'm excited for that too. But for somebody who doesn't like first-person shooters, it's really odd that you like Doom, which is like the original first-person shooter and for really intense and uh, serious first-person shooter fans. Sometimes the games choose you. <laughs> <laughs> so a horror shooter game, I think that's what really separates it, though. I think it's just cats, you know, she's kind of like a evil dark souls type of thing and for them to put like doom kind of like right in front of her i got your back girl i got your back but so that's what that <laughs> kind of what entices the other crowd it's kind of like ooh, a dark shooter where i can go and fight monsters seriousness pew pew which is weird because i didn't like monster hunter either. oh <laughs> you just had to bring I, that back I up can... again I can understand why you wouldn't like Monster. I personally, it's it's okay. I'll play it when my friends are wanting to play it, but it's not something I go and grind out just because I'm not a fan of grindy games. And so, same. And yet, you I, play Borderlands Three, which is technically loot grinding. Well, it's loot grinding if you choose yeah, exactly. to. You could go through the entire game and not loot grind. Yeah. So I don't switch weapons that often. In fact, up until probably an hour before I stopped playing the other night, I was still using my f- level four shotgun and I was level 12 or 13 at that point. Yeah. Just because that level four shotgun was that good. Wow. Well, I mean, I could totally see your point of view. It's just, it's kind of nice. You can switch it out. You can be like, okay, I don't like a, an Uzi. So why don't we try like this, like Jacob's pistol that can like, boom, it just knocks them right off their feet. <laughs> Or ricochets and hits another person next to him. Oh, so wicked. Electrical arcing. I love that. Accidental murder. Austin, you've you've beaten the game, yeah? Twice. Okay, so have you gone through the, the alternate mode, the mayhem mode yet? Oh, I have. And what a treat and difficulty it is. It just adds that level of, mm, let's make it a little bit more spicy. Let's give it a kickback. So is it so is Mayhem Mode kind of like you know OP eight in the previous games or for most other games like kind of a new game plus or deal or you know what what are the differences? So first I have to explain what Mayhem Mode kind of is. Basically, just spoiler alert: you beat the game and it is offered to you on Maurice's side of the ship, which you know it's on the second level. You have to find it and it's like this weird talking dinosaur. Don't worry about that. Just look for the mayhem mode, which is up on the farthest wall behind Maurice. And basically, you can choose on whether or not to get better loot. The way it works, you level up. You can say, hey, I want to go up mayhem level, I want to go down to mayhem level, or I want to completely turn it off. Then what you do is that it you can basically you know, agree to upgrade the stats of your enemies, which will give you better luck drop rates you know, for better weapons to loot while you're playing throughout the game. So it can go from anywhere like one level, which is about, you know, 50%. They add everything like health, stats damages, and then you go up another mayhem level. And not only do they get even more health, they also get like shields or armor, multiple levels of defense. 
they can even make these guys more aggressive in the gameplay. So these guys will just come at you harder and harder each level that you go up. It's just, you know, it's kind of like Hell's Level 9 type of thing, where you just, every time you like get up level, you know, it just gets that much sweeter kickback of the enemy. So you can be like, oh, you know, I can kill this boss in like, you know, 10 minutes, like not even a problem, to holy crap, I've died three times on this enemy. It just gives you that much better loot as well. Uh, upgraded loot, legendaries, you name it. It gives you better grenades, assault rifles, whatever level that you're on, as long as you're beating an epic boss or a boss level in Borderlands 3, then it just gives you that much sweeter loot. What about you, Caden? Have you beat the game? No, I've not. I've made it about as far as Jason has. I... I've been fooling around on Promethea for a little bit, uh, but I have not made it uh, any farther. In fact, I still need to go kill Gigabyte. Oh, oh. I'm farther than you? Yes, you are. <laughs> you all did not finish the game? For shame. Oh, oh no. come on. It's... I just started playing it Friday after I had to go get a danged Xbox brick. Yeah, it's been a, <laughs> That's it's pretty been a, tough. <laughs> it's been a very busy week for me. You know, this game made me walk into a GameStop for the first time in years. I didn't know they still existed. <laughs> yeah, they do. I thought they all faded out. Not for long. Yeah, it's like Blockbuster, baby. It's just a sink and ship. Yeah. Does anyone want to know how far I How got? far did you get? Uh, not far, because it sucks. <gasps> so well, how far is not far? I'm, did you get past the tutorial at least? I bet you shouldn't even do that. Uh, I did so. Oh. Just not far after that. Uh. I, watched, <laughs> I watched a lot of people playing on YouTube. Though. Oh, my God. Oh, terrible. That's, That's even worse. You know how I said earlier that sometimes the games pick you? First-person shooters typically don't pick me. Just like when Doom Eternal is going to come out, it t- probably isn't going to agree with me So either. my thing... I can't do is it. This, so, is, is our first-person first first shooters like bad sushi? Is it just it agrees with you or it doesn't? No, bad sushi doesn't it's... agree with anybody. <laughs> Apparently, first-person th- shooters don't agree I with I think her. the better question is, is Kat, out of all the first-person shooters in this universe, which one would you consider actually decent enough to play? Real guns. <laughs> <laughs> and there she fails the test, gen- ladies and gentlemen. She fails the test. What test? <laughs> First-person shooter. America has guns everywhere. You could have said anything. You could have said Call of Duty. You could have just something to satisfy. Real guns are satisfying. (laughs) Thank you. That is all. (laughs) So did anybody make the mistake of using a COV weapon thinking that you got infinite ammo? No. no. Oh, yeah. That was (laughs) just me. So I misread the description because... um, it doesn't have uh, a magazine limit. I read that as it doesn't have an ammo limit. So I was so like, you, oh, cool. So I'm going to use this COV weapon, and I don't have to worry about you know running out of bullets. So I was using a COV weapon pretty much exclusively for a while, and I must have been picking up bullets somewhere until I ran out. And I was like, what the heck? Why am I not sure? Sh- Why is this saying? And then I read the description again. And I felt dumb. <laughs> so you know, there's a there's a counter in the bottom right. Who looks shows. at that? I, I do. Because I'm, like, I'm also one of those people that I'll shoot a single shot and then I'll immediately reload out of just habit. 
Yeah, see, and it's like habit. Or if you have like a pistol with a sticky type of ammunition or a specialty use, then if you if you shoot all of your rounds out with like a pistol and it's just like six bullets uh, before you reload, it will not explode until you reload. So you can be like, oh, I'm going to take two shots at this boss enemy, hide around the corner, reload, and you can hear it like go ba-boom, and it'll just explode for you. It's it's very useful. Well, but... So long with the short is, reading is important. Yes, because with <laughs> um, the COV weapon, <laughs> you don't have to reload because you don't have a magazine limit. It pulls the bullets directly out of your backpack. But it does break sometimes. Yes, it does. That's why I made sure not to overheat it. Yeah, that's probably one of the reasons why I really hate COV weapons. They It's just, why go into that when you could get an Atlas, which, in my opinion, is way better than the other weapons in the game. <laughs> Did anybody play uh, multiplayer on this? Yes. Uh, I played a little bit with a buddy of mine. I couldn't even get through non-multiplayer. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what did you think of the multiplayer? I liked it. Um, we did cooperation just because it's easier to deal with loot that way. Uh, and it sounds, also includes uh, the... sounds like a cop-out. <laughs> it also includes the level it's scaling. It's friendship. Yeah. It's... What about you, Austin? Oh, I've played multiple times with a buddy of mine who lives like 40 miles in the mountains up on a hill. So, you know, he loves this game. And when we both play it, it makes it really sweet. Not only do you get your own screen, uh, you know, you can also combine capabilities with your classes, no matter what you have. So, for instance, um, he loves playing the siren. Uh, I always forget the name of the siren, but it's, it's a wonderful tactic. He basically has this psionic attack that just comes out as a fist and holds any weapon or can hold down the enemy in like this grip lock. And yeah, basically phase lock. Yeah. And like a hand. Yeah. Like a giant, like, you know, psychic hand that just is purple and it comes out and it has like wicked, like tribal uh, designs on it. It's really, really awesome to see. And once you activate that, you can also activate a, Beastmaster tactic called Rack Attack, and it's basically sending out two firebombed creatures that will shoot out and go towards that enemy and explode. Not to mention with other, you know, players in the game, you can all be continuously shooting at that one character. It's just very, uh, how else would the word be, connected in the battle gameplay. It makes it really wonderful and cooperative, so you can be like, hey, man, could you hold down this enemy while I, like, load some grenades around him? Yeah, no, dog, let me just do that. Friendship murder. (laughs) (laughs) The best kind. Yeah, I didn't get to play multiplayer, unfortunately, because... I was on Xbox, and the only other player that was playing Xbox was Cat, and she didn't seem too enthused about the game to begin with. So I wasn't gonna. Also, no one invited me. I wasn't well, gonna so, ask. So, so your judgment on me <laughs> earlier was just jealousy because I have friends to play. Yeah, with. it was it was jealousy. We'll we'll call it's it. Okay, Cat, you don't need to be jealous. <laughs> the funniest people are the saddest on the inside. Okay. <laughs> okay, Robin. So, what did everybody play? What character did you play? Oh, that was no okay, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm just a jerk. I, low blow, man. I, so I Too played soon. Zane because so I remember back when they you know announced that they were making it, and they I think this was when they confirmed the release date. They uploaded all the character skill trees onto the website, so you can actually start like they, it was a skill calculator. So you can assign skill points and make builds. 
And as soon as that happened, I picked Zane and made a build that should it come into completion and be as good as I think it is, uh, I could be unkillable. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because with between between having a shield that deflects all bullet or that stops all bullets that you can eventually turn into a dome to protect all sides of you, and having a clone that you can instantly revive yourself from second wind, uh, so long as he's out, it's going to be really hard for you to actually die. Okay, Austin, what'd you play? Uh, I played as the Beast Master. Made it really wonderful because I love health regeneration. I love it when I can just, oh, you know, I, I'm going to be like a little bit from the next enemy. How about my, you know, abilities just giving me this wonderful health regeneration? Not to mention the usage of both skill power, skill action, excuse me, and using his Beast's own skill actions. And he has three different types. So you can choose from a fire-breathing ant that just gives you super health regeneration you can get a jabber monkey which not only can it shoot like guns you can give it like grenade launching capabilities and that's like impressive so you can be like sitting around the corner somewhere and say hey monkey i want you to like go out and shoot grenades at these people lower their health and then he'll just yeah uh that was a lot of noise (laughs) (laughs) cat would you play uh, I played Moe's because that's what the internet said was best for beginners. <laughs> I will so have to actually agree with that. Because you're basically playing Titanfall in Borderlands. Right, right. So Moe's is the one with, you, the, uh, with the big tank or the big mech that you get in and just blow stuff up, right? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. So I played Flack as well, which is the Beastmaster, and I loved yeah, that good. character. Um, so mm-hmm. regeneration is one of the first things that I started pumping points into. And then I also started pumping points into um, into my doggy uh, to get him extra uh, uh, extra damage, and that thing is a tank. I mean, he will he will take some stuff down. Um, he's he's great for distracting the enemy. He's great for chewing on the enemy while you're distracting them. Uh, I love my puppy. Aww, you can even you, you can even you can buff him, him up. Radiated? Oh yeah, you can buff him up with radiation, and he's he just eats things. Now, he seems to become more of a target whenever you do that. So you got to kind of watch him on that. But the cool thing is, is uh, if he ever dies, you can also bring him back through the irradiation uh, ability. He only comes back with like thirty percent of his health, but he does come back. And it See? also doubles the cooldown of the ability, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep, it does. And the wonderful thing is, too, is that he, Flack also has a skill action where he can go invisible. And if you have enough skill yes. points, you can go invisible for a very long period of time. So if your beast does die and you're like, whoa, I need to get this guy back online, you can use that skill action and they will avoid you. They'll be shooting at like the same spot you left and you can be like, <laughs> I'm going to heal this guy and blow you guys up, sucker. Yeah, I, I started putting a point into the invisibility um, I wasn't impressed with how long it lasts on just that first point. I mean, it's like maybe two or three seconds at most that you're invisible. So it's enough time that you can, you know, nope out of a bad situation by hitting invisibility and running off. But I like how nope is a verb. <laughs> but yeah, you're not you're not going to be sneaking up and shooting people with with that short of time. So. Uh, what about you? Anybody get a chance to play the um, DLC? Or, sorry, not the DLC, the Broken Heart Bingo. event? Bingo. I did not. No, oh, I haven't, I haven't done that yet. 
Wow, okay. Neither did I. So Austin, tell us about Uh, it. Well, the Broken Hearts event, it was a free event that basically ran from February the 13th until February the 20th. Basically, you have all of your enemies start showing random floating hearts that swirl around your enemies and go about, you know, just kind of like, yeah, you know, just serpentine, regular eight infinity form. Now... The genius part is, is that basically Maurice is asking you to break these hearts. Isn't that wonderful of Maurice to ask you? Just, hey, go out and break the universe's heart for me, okay? And just collect like over a hundred of them for me, okay? Uh, you basically go out, you find them, and they're different colors. And they also have different effects when you do break a heart. Uh, I, example, fiery explosion. Basically, it's just a bomb above their heads. You can even shoot some that drop loot, like legendary loot, like a bunch of it. Or you can even briefly turn enemies into allies. They'll do anything for your satisfaction. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, it's true. I regret asking you. <laughs> well, there's just so much more to loss off that because it's just, it makes it nice because also of the legendary loot and awesomeness that you get rewarded by Maurice. You break, you know, 10 hearts, you get an echocardiogram for your echo skin. Yeah, a little bit little, right? Hey, let's make your echo a little bit fancy. All the way to 25 for a cosmos weapon. It's a trinket that you can carry. Uh, 50 for a terminal polyamorous legendary Malawan SMG. And if we know anything about Malawan, the elemental damage makes it super nice, especially in a fast shooting weapon, right? With like a lot of good difficulties. Um, another one that is, uh, let's see here. So it looks like 75 for a heartbreaker vault hunter skin. Now, I haven't seen it, but I heard that a lot of people are liking that, including the, uh, Wonderful, a hundred hearts broken for a wedding invitation using a legendary Jacobs sniper rifle. Now, if you don't know anything about the manufacturers in the game, Jacobs is kind of like, you know, a Western manufacturer. They prefer one bullet and that's enough. So they have a large damage impact. They mostly deal with pistols, uh, snipers, and my personal favorite, shotguns, especially when you get, you know, a sight on a shotgun and you can shoot people from a long distance away and it's like a sniper shotgun beautiful Mwah. but that's what basically jacobs provides for this sniper rifle and if memory serves uh jacobs focuses also on critical hits primarily so you get a big crit bonus uh and a lot of the weapons oh yeah you I do get that critical jacobs is for that player that likes precision over quantity i am not that player i am that player I like my headshots. I wouldn't mind, you know, like, because I always keep my shotgun close. So in case, like, hey, this guy's coming at me from, like, 10 feet, I can still blast him off his feet and then switch weapons and just start going to town, like, on him while he's down. Oh, yeah. I keep, I, man, I abused my shoddy. I mean, I've I've always got a shoddy, and it's it's my go-to weapon, but Mm -hmm. I only used a Jacob shoddy for first few hours, and then I found that level four and it was not a Jacobs, um, and but it just it was so awesome because it was uh, it was one of the shotguns that when they shoot your shield it gives you ammo. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So Hyperion. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it was Hyperion. Hyperion. Uh, yeah, it was Hyperion. So you got a you got a a weapon shield that recharged your ammo whenever it got shot, 
and it just did massive amounts of damage. So I loved that weapon. I was heartbroken when I had to give it up because it wasn't doing quite the damage, and I found a, a better shotgun that was elemental. Yeah, and see, that's how I feel about when I get my Atlas weapons. They all have tracking devices that you can shoot to your enemies. I mean, they go from, like, assault rifles to grenade launchers. I mean, it's super amazing, but then you start getting like 10, 20 levels up and you're not finding another Atlas and you're starting to think, oh, it's not doing the damage. Got to start looking for the next one. Yep. And then you start like, uh. Now, way too much grinding. The, the one thing that I don't like about <clears throat> the elemental weapons is the spin up before it starts firing. Yeah, you know, like with their shotguns, but you have to admit, well, when they are charged weapons. up, yeah, like it, it is all their weapons, but once they are charged up completely and you are close range with one of those shotguns, it talks a different story. It's like, boom, insta, side effect, radiation, fire, and it, it causes a huge chunk of damage depending on how you use it. Also, I, I like the laser ones from Molly One too, that, you know, it's you just get a concentration of lasers and they typically have a pretty decent, uh, uh, elemental chance so a chance to actually you know set them on fire and a shotgun and whatnot but my question is um are there any particular characters that really benefit off of you know dealing elemental damage because i know like in the in the second game uh krieg and maya i believe uh benefited really well from either dealing uh elemental damage to people or uh krieg for instance uh if you uh particularly fire was his element of choice I don't know. Um, I haven't tested it, but I'm wondering if my doggo actually heals from corrosive damage because he spits acid. And uh -huh. I know that uh, on some of the enemy, I can't remember it, the the type of creature he is escapes my, my head. Um, oh, my gosh. I think you're Skag. Skag, Skag, Skag yes. Skag. So and yeah. and a lot of the enemy skags, if they if they have that element that they they spit, you hit them with that element, it actually heals them. So uh -huh. I and I haven't tested it because I just now thought about it. I I don't know if I hit my skag with corrosive if it heals them. So if that's well, the case, then I can just shoot my skag with a bunch of corrosive damage <laughs> while I'm shooting the enemies with corrosive <laughs> damage and heal him while he's attacking stuff. Well, it, I think it would depend on if the player character is capable of actually dealing damage to the pet. Because if, if the pet's similar to a teammate where they're immune to damage unless there's a separate I ability that think, states it. I think there's friendly fire to your pet. I think actually, I've hit them a few times. So technically, there's not friendly fire, but they do block your shots. So if you're trying to, sh like, hey, you know, the pet comes up to you and he's trying to, like, revive you from your fight for your life and you're trying to shoot at the enemy behind him, you can't go through him. Oh, okay. He's not like uh, one of those NPCs where you can just do anything. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to block it. Just a, uh, what was it that they used to call it? It was something from sword art online immunity object, God object, something like that, something like that. You can't shoot the, the animal, but what they can do is that you have skill points that you can stack up in certain trees where if you cause damage, you will actually gain, your beast some health and if the beast does any damage you will gain the health so it's kind of like a very um what was it that they called it in science bioactivity something where alligators and birds clean the 
alligator's teeth. Symbiotic. Symbiotic. Bambo. Yeah. Yes. Science. <laughs> Science you should learn it. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Kat, let's start with you. Like or dislike? Um, It's hard to say. So, I do like almost every aspect of the game except for the actual playing of the Boo. game. <laughs> I'm not good at it. Boo. You guys haven't seen me play. I really can't play first-person shooter games. I suck so bad, so they're not fun for That's me. That's why you're here. It, it, it's to you know, get you to get good. Bad Gamers Anonymous. <laughs> We're here for you, sister. Yes, We're here I, for you. I get that. But there's some people that are just so broken beyond repair when it comes to first-person shooter games. There's no hope. So, is no it because hope. you're using thumbsticks, or are you just as bad with a keyboard and mouse? Both. Okay. I think it's... However, with a real gun. <laughs> we're, we're, See, that's I think she's not just a game. scared. No, Candy. we can't. No. Candy. unless Not unless you're looking for a Purge Canada edition. You ever read that sto- short story? The uh, What's it called? The Most Dangerous yeah, Game? No. It can't no. be a game. It can't no, be. No, that's illegal and wrong. It's still very illegal. In Canada. I mean, Even unless in like in Canada. Yeah, Canada does not condone that. Unless they make you a know, Canadian purge. You don't purge. get caught, it's fine. Canadian purge with so Jeff anyways, and Trudeau. It's it's a good game for anybody who is capable of playing first person shooter games. The graphics are great. I loved the comedy in it. The intro again drew me in. I just can't do it. And even if I did do it, I'm not sure that I would want to just because of the grinding. Not a grinding person. Too much grinding. Okay. Austin. I think it's a 10 out of 10. It's a very amazing game with simple plot, very comedic, including the robot claptrap, which personally, <laughs> he's the jerkwad that just makes you smile. But along with that, the graphics, the way that the colorful depictions of brains exploding or fire and ice, and it just it makes a very beautiful cacophony of destruction and just getting loot. It's just it's really sweet. Caden? So, uh, like I said, I've been a major fan of the Borderlands series for a long time, and this, I think, is just another addition to it. Uh, it's I love it. I enjoy the fact that they've focused more on kind of a run-and-gun play style uh, and have added vaulting, which, in my opinion, the game series has needed for years. Um, I like the fact that the characters all feel fleshed out um it doesn't seem like there's any character that's way more powerful than any of the others um and i can't wait to actually do a complete playthrough this game and unlike austin um i can't wait to find out whether i can crush claptrap with a hydraulic press like the terminator Uh (laughs) all right so what would you rate it oh definitely 10 out of 10 hands down wow so you and Austin would rate this game as having no flaws, best game ever. Uh, from what I've played so far, yeah. All right. I've played this game twice, and it just gets better every time. All right. Kat, what would you rate it? Um. um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hesitation. Why, good cat. Let, yeah. Let's hear your thoughts. I haven't been able to play enough to get a good estimation. Um, Can we go into negatives? I would say... 
What? No, no, I don't need it. Like that's no bad, Caden. Bad. We don't do that on Bad Gamers Anonymous. We don't do negative scores. That would just be like, yeah, we do. Really? Just wait. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll come up with one. Oh, God. Um, I'm gonna say for my first experience with the first person shooter game that like actually drew me in, just based on everything else except for the actual gameplay content. I'd say like eight out of ten. But for the actual gameplay portion with the guns, because I don't like them and I'm not good at them, maybe a five. Okay, so average out. So let's average it out to six. Six out of ten. Six and a half out of ten. What about you? What? Six out of ten. That's a terrible average. You're a terrible <laughs> average. Your turn, Jason. And yes, we do negative numbers on Bad Gamers Anonymous. Uh, check out the Star Wars Bounty Hunter episode. Oh. Yeah, I'll need, have to check that, that out. Sounds, that sounds very intimidating when you present that think, to me, Jason. Oh, man. That, that game that is absolutely awful. Never, ever play it. Just forget it exists. Um, so I like I'm this game. Um, I like this game. It, it's, it, it brings back fond memories of the first Borderlands and uh, makes me glad that while I did play Borderlands 2, um, it's much better than Borderlands 2. Um or it makes me glad that I actually played Borderlands 2 because this is a much better game. So I don't like Claptrap. I've never liked Claptrap. I really want to shoot Claptrap. I tried to shoot him when he me was too. stuck in the windshield. Me too. Um, but that didn't do anything. So I'm really hoping that Claptrap dies by the end of this game because this is the third game that I've really just hated him in. Um, other is... than that, I I really do like the game. I would give it an eight and a half. Oh, and, and uh, Jason, if you did like Claptrap as an NPC in the uh, pre-sequel, uh, he's an actual playable character. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I would do nothing action... to drive him off a cliff, so. Yeah. His, <laughs> his action skills actually uh, basically just randomness. It's a Wheel of Fortune-esque sort of skill. Yeah, so I would like drive Deadpool. him off a cliff constantly. Just yeah. I would find a cliff and keep driving him off. Me too. I liked him. You would. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> of course they would. Oh my it's, gosh! Something it's okay. you like about the game? It's Hallelujah. okay. People can be wrong. Have you been listening to me at all, Austin? I have said so many nice things about the game. Kind of like That's what I hear when you talk. <laughs> then we're alike in more ways than one. Hooray! Well, thanks for joining us this week on Bad Gamers Anonymous. Uh, we will be back next week with another gamer review. Now we're going to do Journey to the Savage Planet next week, right? Yeah. Yes. Sounds good. It's not We're going to try, I guess. I mean, <laughs> no, we're going to succeed. We're going to do Can it. Can I pull a cat and play through the tutorial and then just watch YouTube videos of, on it? I mean, I could do that Fine, too. But then you guys get to listen to me talk for the whole hour. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <sighs> just, all right. Join uh, us next week. Uh, we'll be doing Journey to the Savage Planet. That's all we got for this week for Cat, Austin, and Caden. I'm Jason. Thanks for joining us. Adios. Thank you for listening to Bad Gamers Anonymous. Follow Bad Gamers Anonymous on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Bad Gamers Anonymous podcast, on Instagram at Bad Gamers Anonymous, and on Twitter at, at Bad Gamers Anon. You can contact Bad Gamers Anonymous by emailing badgamerspodcast at gmail.com. Bad Gamers Anonymous is hosted by Kat and Austin. 
edited by Arturo Garcia, and produced by Jason Mixon and James Geem. <laughs>